y'all what is going on this is your man l jamal coming through with another edition of never out of bounds of course this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got them facts i have been off a little while uh it was my birthday last week last thursday the 7th to be exact so i've been taking some time uh just to kind of rest a little bit and to get back on track mentally just to kind of recharge and to kind of t- uh get uh catch up on the loose ends in terms of a lot of this news and just the bigger stories going on in the world of sports. Also, today I'll be breaking down what happened last week at the Capitol. My thoughts on that. Um, in terms of the sports that I'll be talking about today, of course, uh, the major ones. Uh, I got the, the Kyrie saga to talk about in the NBA. Of course, James Harden trade was recent as well uh, within the past couple of days uh, by the time you're listening to this. Uh, I'll also be breaking down um, some NFL news. Uh, and then my next episode, hopefully it should be tomorrow. Uh, I want to at least preview. If I don't, if I'm not able to pre- preview um, this next round of the NFL uh, playoffs, and I will, I will be going over it uh, shortly after. Um, as far as what else I have today, I also have some college basketball to talk about as well, and um, that's pretty much it. Um, as far as what else I have going on in terms of YouTube, uh, I am working on some, uh, well, I'm working on one special report. Uh, this one is going to come out probably, uh, well, I want to say near the end of the week, uh, hopefully uh, mid next week at the latest. Uh, this one is going to be a special report on all the Houston teams, football, basketball, sorry, basketball, baseball, uh, of course, the Astros, uh, Rockets, and uh, the Texans, just kind of the dysfunction that we're having, that we're seeing, especially with their star players and how that's all playing out. And again, it'll be kind of like a part two uh, to what the James Harden saga is as well. Um, as far as that, then I also have the comparing contrast between Washington and Washington, D.C. We have some geography stuff going on. I also got my list of the worst Republican cities and uh, cities and states that I'm working on. Uh, so a lot of things to keep me busy. Um, that's probably why I, you're not hearing from me as much as uh, you should or as I would like to. However, um, as far as social media is concerned, guess what, y'all? I do have a functioning phone, finally, for the first time um, in a while. Um, actually, yesterday, the phone uh, ceased to work all together, but for a while, it was not capable of doing anything that I really uh would need to do with it uh so look for some more posts uh particularly um you know referring to when i drop some stuff or when i'm working on things and just posts in general uh whether it be on uh actually more so instagram now because i do make some posts on facebook uh but instagram now uh, i'm able to post there more often now well well i'll be able to and uh we'll go from there y'all so um Again, look out for me on the Instagram. I'll leave that name for you near the end, my Instagram name for you near the end of the episode, as well as my Facebook page. Look out for any news and updates there. But like I said, uh, I am 30 years old, and I am just looking at the world uh, as it is. And of course, um, last week we had a very, uh, very crazy day in our history uh, with the announcing of the um, you know, electoral college results and pretty much much the christening if you want to call it that I, it's a lack of a uh, it's a lack of a word yeah, i can use another word here but that's the only word i can think of right now uh the establishment of the joe biden presidency of course we saw all the violence uh last week that occurred in washington within storming the capital uh you know uh disrupting the affairs that were going on that day uh causing destruction uh putting some lives in danger and uh, all together, just, you know, running amok. And uh, there's a f- couple things that I wanted to talk about. And uh, one of the big things is, um, of course, you know, where was, you know, the defense of the Capitol? Where were, you know, the the shots fired, you know, as you could say? Where was the violence? Where was the, where was the quickness to call for armed forces when that happened as opposed to the peaceful protest for the for the uh, injustices we have seen uh, within the police um, systems. Now, 
two things I will say uh, and what is true. These are the things that I did say. These are the things. These are observations that I did see. Uh, for one, last Thursday and that that period of time, uh, it could have been a little bit before that. But, you know, you're right, guys. Nobody did anything to those guys. They are pretty much allowed to walk uh, in the door and create their harm and destruction. And for the other side, they are right. Many cities throughout the summer and the spring months were facing destruction, property damage, and albeit out of hand riots from groups. And that was allowed to happen. What I did, what I did also see and I also observed was that the the reaction or the reaction of violence or the strong reaction from law enforcement in terms of the tear gassing came from the more peaceful protests. That is my observation that I'm seeing here. It's very funny how Dylan Roof or sorry, not Dylan Roof. I'm sorry, Kyle Rittinghouse, the guy that shut up the people in those uh, protests uh, in Wisconsin. He drove past two states and he showed up to a rel relatively peaceful protest. In, in order to shoot somebody. Okay, that was his goal. This is what I saw. I saw the media. I saw, well, I saw the powers that be lit both sides that were destructive, whether it was pro, pro the establishment, pro the pro Trump establishment, as we saw with the storming of the Capitol. Or also anti-Trump, anti-establishment, meaning I'm mad at, you know, you know, I'm standing with Black Lives Matter or, you know, I'm against the police injustices. I saw both of those violent groups not get any pushback. Now, of course, media wise is different. Of course, you'll turn on TNN and I'm pretty sure you'll have that dichotomy where they're telling us that they're terrorists. Yes, they, that is there. Now, in terms of what the media is going to say is yes, but they were allowed to do what they did. Just like the, you know, the left protesters or the left, the rioters on the left. See what I saw? This is what I saw. And here we go. Here we go. This is what I, maybe if I say it like this, I saw the rioting go without a, without a hitch. I saw buildings get smashed, whether it be for Black Lives Matter or against police brutality or whether it was in the name of Donald Trump. I saw buildings get smashed. Buildings get destroyed and people be allowed to do it. But when I saw peaceful protests, I saw people get tear gas. That is the issue that I'm having here. That is why I come to y'all and I say order out of chaos. See, because it see, you got to be you got to be really into really what's going on. Isn't it funny? Because they're they're right. The, the, the right when they would see and, and see, that's the problem when the right side kind of says their little argument. Well, we saw them burning down the police station that happened. You're right. We have to sit back and say, well, that happened. But then we also have to sit there at the same time with that same token and say, well, yes, that did happen. The police station was burned down. However, the peaceful protesters were the ones that were being tear gassed. How is it that the riots, whether again, that they were in Portland or in the Capitol or sorry, Washington, D.C., how is it that the riots in Seattle and all these different cities got no blowback again? Again, I'm not talking about which side. Fuck the side, which side these guys were on. The fact of the matter is they turn shit upside down. They destroy property. And you're right. Both sides are right. Nobody faced no consequences. Yeah, you'll see some people getting arrested now um, for the stuff that happened in the Capitol. And in terms of the Capitol's, you know, in, in terms of where the riots were, yes, you know, Capitol building is a little bit more significant than like a, a, a target. Yes. But again, I get where certain people might have problems with that, too, because, again, the it seemed to me as if the armed, whoever was armed, did nothing to stop any of the violent protests, any of the violent rioting, the protests. Again, the the the, the anti-police brutality pr protests, however, were tear gassed. And, you know, and it's almost like it's like again, order out of chaos. They're maintaining this type of dysfunction just to keep us at each other. Think about it. You got to think about it in a bigger picture because you, you got to. It's it's like we're at a crossroads right now, y'all. 
we could sit here and, and really get into our bag. And at this point, what I mean by our bag is whoever we are personally, whatever our most immediate community represents, that's who we are, period, point blank, and not have to worry about all this. But at the same time, we have to still say we're, we're still getting fucked. See, we're, we're in this dichotomy where we want us, we want to say, yes, we're, our group is being discriminated against. Whether you be white, whether you be black, gay, so on, LGBT, again, everybody wants to say that they're the main one. But when it's time to sit there and, and address the establishment, we're still being broken apart into these separate factions. Again, violent protests were allowed to happen on both sides. Peaceful black peaceful non-police protests were attacked. There's an issue with that. I saw I saw the Capitol building get destroyed, just like I saw the the regular buildings. The peaceful protesters locking arms were the ones tear gas. How does that work? It works when you want to convince another side that there's somehow this dysfunction. It's very hard. I'm again as I get a little bit wiser and I get everything. You know, as I come up, as I come up, as I get older, I'll be better able to word these things. But just as a 30 year old man, I'm seeing some type of bullshit here and I just can't word it the right way, guys. And I hope you guys can follow it. If you can give me a DM to make me feel all right. Give me a comment. If you see me, if I if you see me in real life, tell me that you're feeling this. What I'm saying here, you get the idea kind of what I'm saying here. I'm saying that there's a manipulation between both of these different sides. That's what I'm seeing here. This is order out of chaos. This is Freemasonic game plan 101. But this is what any conquering power would do. Divide first. Again, there is police brutality. There is no way around that. If you are black, you are more likely to be susceptible to it. Does police brutality, does it escape white folks' clutches? No, they experience it from time to time as well. But since they have an issue with saying that we have a problem, and it's almost like for them, it's like to say that we have a problem, it's a cop-out for them. It's a cop-out for them, their own communities. To, to say that my issue is important, to say that a black man should not be shot at by the police is somehow telling white people that, oh, somehow me being shot is not as important. It really is. And if you truly, if you truly believe in the, in the numbers, the numbers will tell you that you be, are getting shot at the, at more than we are and you should be mad too. So the question really is, are we, again, we have to really be on this together. Otherwise they are continually separating us as they are doing Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. There is no such thing. We, again, I, I will break down some, some examples for you to tell you that really it's all BS. Okay. We go back to the 1800s where the Republican Party supposedly freed the slaves, Abraham Lincoln, we should be thanking him for our freedom. I broke down his many quotes here on this channel. He felt as though we were still inferior to the whites and we should be subjugated to them in some way or fashion. And in order for us to really feel free, we ought to move to Africa. Again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that was his general thought about blacks in America. On the flip side, we could, we could sit there more about Republicans and what they might be all about. These were the same party that cut out Reconstruction after slavery. They did that. Now, if you want to go to the Democrats, we can go there too because, they're like I said, they're both full of shit. Yes, the Democrats created the KKK. In the 60s, they might have given you civil rights, but before then, when you had Woodrow Wilson, he was one of the most racist motherfuckers out there and a Democrat. And not only did he fuck over black people by uh, eliminating their positions within the U.S. government or restricting them to basically those of that of, you know, you know, uh, clerical workers. He also fucked over the entire country by creating our private bank on Jekyll Island. And in the, in the meetings there on Jekyll Island set up our privatized bank. That's fucked up our money system. Also, uh, as far as we go with Republicans, the 60s, when it was down, when it came down to you being able to have the right to vote or your civil rights, they weren't all in favor of that. Period, point blank. And then on top of that, you had Nixon in the 70s that went ahead and changed our, our, our current um, 
value our current dollar system and instead of taking it from the gold standard, which at least had tangible, some type of tangible value, he takes it and he flips it and he puts it on a fiat currency value that has no, nothing, nothing tangible. It's made up. Now, of course, you know, you can, of course, gold is gold. And how else could you determine the value of gold other than maybe weight or purity, which is fine. You know, that again is a subjective. But again, gold is tangible, not fiat currency, not Bitcoin where everybody wants to take you. I'm just saying. I like physical. I like to touch it. I like that's the value. That's why we're here on this planet to insist to see this and experience this full physically because really we are spiritual conduit. We are just spiritual beings. Our body is a physical conduit, y'all. So when we put ourselves through this, through this constant BS where we sit there, we're really mad at each other when we really have the same issues. Bottom line is a lot of Americans are living in poverty, regardless of race, regardless of sexual orientation. That has nothing to do with it. We need to come together and stop finding ways to discriminate against each other. We need to stop listening to, uh, you know, so much of our media that does so much to, 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 to sit there and say, well, your problem is not as important as his. Or, or I'm sorry, if, if we're talking about the conservative whites, their problems or their, or because they're, they're being told that our problems are, you know, stifling from them are not, our, our issues are not the same. And that therefore, and let's say for instance, for the police, it's almost like, it's almost, and this is my opinion. If I'm wrong by this, then tell me, then check me white person. I almost get the feeling that sometimes that if, if we were to kind of embrace black lives matter, there's this fear that automatically somehow, some way that everybody's just going to turn around and hate white folk. Again, I'm not here to kiss nobody's ass, but I will tell you this. No, all this, all we are, all people that are saying now, again, the whole Black Lives Matter movement and no groups that, re, you know, represent that. I ain't whatever. Now, police brutality is wrong. OK, I don't care how you slice it. What Trump has pushed this whole. And again, people going to have issues again. I, and I and I have issues with both parties. We'll see what uh, Biden has to offer. I'm not I'm not saying that he's all inherently better either. And I'm, I refuse to. But we all know what Trump said to the white supremacists. Stand by and stand back. And for all the black people who are saying, well, I, I, I like that because it's in the open. If you're not going to do nothing about an open racist, if you're not going to do nothing about an open, openly racist society that's actively shown that it's out against you, then all you've done to show is that you're a house Negro, too. And not only that, you're truly scared. OK, you by you saying, oh, he's out in the open, at least he was admitting to it. All you've done was say, yeah, he's racist and I'm OK with it. You're, you're soft. OK, sorry. So, again, were they wrong to storm the Capitol? Yes. Uh, were they wrong to do what they did over the summer in terms of this police brutality? In ways, yes. I mean. Again, but there's so but there's so many again there were there were signs there were again i think a lot of this is being manipulated period by the media uh i think a lot of people are getting caught up in what the media is telling them to do whether it be fox news or cnn or whether it be social media and i'm telling you uh you'd be surprised the type of posts you see think about it really look at the posts you see fuck the fuck the news stories you might come across just think about the the statements you just see on a daily basis being posted by people Silly. It's a silly environment we're living in. And um, again, they're showing you the powers that be are showing you that they have div they have divided you over the centuries because these two parties, I don't believe in they have to say they were once one party at one point in time. Look it up in the history. Democrats and Republicans were one whole party at one point in time. It's fake. It's a lie. So I'm not going to get into all that with y'all. But yeah. They're both lying to us. I, I, I think it's time for us in 2021 to break free from the two-party uh, mentality. All right, y'all. I am going to take a, a quick break. And when I get back, we'll be breaking down some NBA uh, action. I got some news. I do have some scores to go over from the other night. Uh, and we do have some action uh, coming on tonight. So 
Again, I'll break down the most recent games, and then I'll talk some college basketball with you as well, of course, the big trade news. So I'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back. Let's get into some NBA news. Of course, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this Kyrie saga. Uh, he did not show up uh, in the past few games. Uh, I think he got it to like four games straight. Uh, he would miss, I believe it was Wednesday night's game uh, against the Nuggets. Uh, and also, uh, he was supposed to miss this Saturday's game or tomorrow's game, which is the Magic, but he looks like he's expected to return. Uh, he's had to take some time off due to COVID protocols, of course. Uh, but um, this is all due to personal reasons, of course. That's what he's saying. Uh, he also had a, he also showed up to his sister's birthday party over the course of the week. Um, and, of course, the NBA decided they wanted to investigate him. They ended up putting some fines on him as well. Almost, uh, I don't know exactly the, the amount, of amount, the dollar amount, but it was a significant amount. Um, now, it is reported uh, that he would, that he did notify his teammates of his absence, but he did not notify the coaches or team management. Uh, now, as far as how I feel about, you know, him going to his sister's birthday party, I think that's all good. Um, again, I don't see, you know, why. I I feel like a lot of these guys, um, there's this new woke thing now. And I, I think people are too woke and too intelligent almost for their own good almost. Um, I... I think Kyrie kind of feels this thing where he, you know, he's too cool to talk to the man. He doesn't have to, you know, mess with the man. Those are his brothers and he could talk to the teammates and he's, you know, that's all good. If we played in a league that you owned, if you played in the Drew League, uh, you play for you were signed by Crackers to the uh, Cracker contract. So, again, and it's not to disparage white people or his contract people, per se, or his owners, per se, but that's just the 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 crux of it that's the realness of it so for him to act like he don't have to talk to nobody although he's an employee i don't i don't get these rich entitled black people uh mentality as though yes i'm rich and i'm famous and it's because of yeah you again don't get me wrong you had a skill and uh for his case he's a great phenomenal basketball player but uh somebody else is signing those contracts for you by all means if we played in the league that we owned and we carried it how we wanted to and all that that's fine i guess um I, he's just lucky he's a star basketball player. I don't see where any of that works in the real world. I don't see where that works for even somebody working in corporate America, uh, suit and tie motherfucker. So he's very he's very lucky to have his background uh, that he's went to do guy. Pretty sure he's educated. Uh, so he has that to fall back on him. Um, he seems to be from a well-read family. So I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not, again, I, I get where he, you know, he's, you know, I get his intent on being taken, looked at as a, as somebody who's beyond an athlete. And I understand these steps he's taken during the, you know, the Breonna Taylor shooting. And I'm not going to put none of those, those political, you know, ambitions down. I know a lot of people, uh, that'll, you know, get, you know, that have a, that feels some type of way about it. Um, I think he's coming in a genuine spot, and I don't think he's necessarily corporate bought all the way. I mean, he he kind of has his own little statements. He kind of does his own thing, but you're not the smartest guy in the room, though. And um, I, I for this for this situation, I'd have to almost ask him, you know, brother, brother, do you want to play? 
Like, I get it. I know you want to come around, you know, you know, at some point. I know you want to win a championship. And I know you want the, the, the props that come with that. But are you really, you know, because, again, it's it's more to it than just showing up to play for the championship, right? Has any? I, I know we've all, some of us has played sports. We know what it's like to have to show up to practice. And I'll be honest with you. I'm, I, I, I was not born with inherent... I will say this, I, you know, if I work my, if I was in shape, I could pretty much do every sport. I'm not going to say that I was some beast at them. So I needed practice. Um, and I needed that to not only feel better and confident in myself, but the people around me, that's what practice is about. That's what, you know, teamwork is. And I, and I, and I, and with the exception of KD, I will, I will give, give KD these, this, uh, pass because I saw what he, was, what he was able to do with the Warriors, but I I just I feel like James Harden and the discussion is Kyrie right now, but those are two of the worst teammates I could ever ever possibly want to play with. Um, for the skill set that they have and the the mindset that they carry about the sport, they carry this. They, I mean, it's like it's indicative of somebody really who who will be a journeyman. Like, uh, but I guess you know when you're that good and you think the team you know has to have you, uh, then that's what you do. I, man, I, I will tell you this: if you know push comes to shove, and let's say he plays some more games uh, in terms of you know how he you know wants to do his schedule and starts playing his team when it, when it comes to that, and and Brooklyn starts to win and they're still winning regardless, I I don't see what why they would need him apart as a part of that big three. It's obvious that it, is, it will be successful, especially if it's successful without him. Uh, again, I'm not I'm not blown away by anything. I, the more I sit back and I watch this guy's career for totality, I'm not blown away by it um he did nothing in in cleveland until lebron came he had a shot but again had lebron not you know set up that with the block and with the way he was playing he wouldn't be able to carry that team we saw Kyrie. how many playoffs did the Cavs get with just him under the helm i i want somebody honest with me uh a, a, a Kyrie fanboy to come talk to me about this how many playoffs did he go to without lebron how many series did he win without lebron what happened in boston that's what I want to know. Didn't they? Didn't the Celtics beat the Sixers one year without him? Didn't they go at least to a conference championship? With you say what you want. He's slightly overrated, especially with the way he comes off, with his with his style of without with his with his attitude about the sport. He's very overrated for even to be having for him to be even having these uh, mental mentality. Same thing with Hart. This entitled mentality. Um, you know what, since they're on the same team, let's just talk about the trade, that trade right now, since it's in front of me, we're already talking about the Nets. Of course, uh, we know about uh, Harden, that trade is official, uh, he's officially a Brooklyn Net now, uh, the deal was made a couple days ago, uh, three team trade, if I'm not mistaken, involving the Cavs, uh, and the, sorry, four team trade involving the Cavs and uh, the Pacers as well. Uh, Victor Oladipo ended up get, uh, getting traded to Houston, uh, so he'd be teaming up with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and um, an emerging Christian Wood if he'd like to stay there, but apparently he doesn't want to be there in Dallas. Um, you also got the Nets, the Nets, excuse me, giving up a whole lot of death, in my opinion, because they gave up, not only did they give up Torian Prince and uh, they gave up... Um, they gave up Torian Prince and Jared Allen to the Cavs. They also give up one of their other guards, their offensive threats, Karis LeVert, too. I thought that was really not a good move for them. Um, and who did you get? James Harden. Was it all worth it for somebody who, for albeit chokes, for a choker? I, I've never been impressed. Again, I, I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I Y'all can call me the biggest hater you want. I don't care if somebody averages 30 points and 40 points in the regular season anymore. If if they sh completely disregard, somehow get away from all that talent and away from all that, you know, it's somehow if, if, if it loses them in the, in the playoffs where it really matters. James Harden has won so many scoring titles, and and Houston has done everything that they've that they that he's wanted them to do for a franchise. And what has he given them in return? James Harden fanboys, come on, talk to me. Let's argue about this one. I'm willing to argue to the death of me that James Harden 
and uh, and Kyrie Irving are very overrated players. I'm willing to do this right now because I, I refuse to take him seriously when I saw what I saw in 2018, when I practically saw uh, uh, Chris Paul having to beg him on the sideline just to fucking pay attention to what's going on in the game, and he's not doing shit. He had a three-game lead or two-game lead up on the, on the Warriors twice with KD. And he couldn't do shit to lead them to a win. Not at all. Historical lows in terms of his uh, three-point percentage in those series. And this is the man that we sent, y'all sent y'all drat, y'all death for? Y'all, you sent your death away to two different squads? To do two different, to two different cities just for a choker? When you already got technically two? Because KD is somewhat of a choker, especially if you talk about what happened in 2016. Nobody, see, this is what y'all hype. Y'all hype when a team is good and y'all hype potential. That's why I don't like a lot of NBA fans. Y'all just look at it like, oh, well, they have a potential to be this, that, and the other. Have, what did they do? What have they done though, collectively? I'm not, rank, I'm, not, I'm not crowning the Nets right now. This is a team that's gonna have to win the finals outright for me to give them any type of any type of real like pass. Even with the Clippers, I felt like, mm, you know, I, you know, it's the the, the uh, sorry the, the West could go fifty fifty between them and the Lakers. Even with the addition right now, the Nets pff, are they? Are, I mean, on paper. If you just add the three names, yes, they look better than a lot of people starting fires. But then again, they have three roster spots that they need to fill. So they're not even a complete team necessarily. I'm not buying the Nets. I know what y'all going to want to say. I know the, the, the new wave and the new way of thinking. Y'all like this. Oh, we're going to tell our boss anything that we want. We can act all any type of way. Look at, look at, look at, uh, look at Kyrie sticking to the man that he's signed to. He's an employee to. That's not, guys, stop it. Stop. Stop, okay? We got to learn more than this. That's not, being a millionaire I, I, I guess it's fine and multimillionaire. Yes, you have money, but you have a boss. He has a boss, guys. He's he's to me, to me, you know what he's doing and and the acting out. I almost feel like he wanted to, you know, to make sure that he got his way and got James Harden. So he wanted to make sure he doubly acted. Oh, well, I'm not gonna be here till you get what I want, <sighs> babies. That's what I see. I don't see grown men. I see babies. And 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 Harden. He decided to act like a little petulant child, come back fat and greasy, and of course he'll probably drop some weight because he's gonna be excited about playing for the for the Nets. But what's it really gonna mean when you guys lose in six to somebody in the conference championship? I really want to see it. I'm because I'm not buying this team. I'm not just buying three superstars anymore without a without a. I can't just buy three superstars without a cohesive unit around them. Um, Again, we have the Heat Big Three. You can look at t t a lot of role players that came off of that bench and was in service of that people. It was not just, you know, Bosh, Wade, and James. You had James Jones coming off the bench, scoring threes out of nowhere. You had Mike Miller coming off the bench, scoring threes, and Ray Allen coming off the bench, scoring threes when needed. You had Joel Anthony uh, coming off the bench and playing valuable defense in the paint. You had Udonis Haslam doing the same thing. You had Shane Battier coming off the bench doing the same thing. You want to look at the L uh, sorry, not the Lakers, even though you could. Uh, let's yeah, let's talk about the Lakers real quick. You might have had Shaq and Kobe, the two uh, two biggest stars of that era, but you also had Rick Fox coming off the bench, very decent shooter. You also had uh, big shot Rob Ory coming in there. He can come in at any point in time and get a game winner, cold as fuck. Okay, so uh, you also had uh, who else did they have on there? You know, just uh, you know, bench presence. Um, so many different guys. You had Carl Malone there at one time uh, during that run. Uh, you uh, So, again, if you look at the Warriors, you move up in the future and go to the Warriors. Uh, they had Andre Iguodala, who deed up tremendously on LeBron James and led to their first title. Who is going to be that that, that person to do that for the Nets? Who is going to consist of that group? Um, we've seen it happen. Yes, you need, you need superstars to win, but you need superstars and a complete roster. Meaning you have adequate, you know, death there. There is no death there. 
for 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 Brooklyn. I'm sorry. Um, there's a lot of games that you can win, single night games that y'all can blow out. But if we're talking about a seven game series, that team needs a lot to be desired for me. And uh, I, I'll give you some, I'll give you a lot of love. I'll give you guys a lot of love to 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 you know to Steve Nash. Uh, I think you get some offensive props from from me from him. Uh, but outside of that, I'm not buying it. I got the Lakers still probably the favorites right now. Right next to them, I would have the Clippers. And once we start getting to the Eastern Conference, I'm going on a, I'm going on a limb and going with the teams that are actually performing with everybody that they have, and they're and they're functioning uh, optimally uh, based on what they have. And I got the Sixers and the Celtics right now. The six uh, the Celtics have a few people out right now. But uh, due to COVID, but they still had a winning record of seven and four, uh, pretty much above, well, pre, uh, you know, at a good spot above five hundred. Uh, you also got the Sixers in the same way. Not a whole lot of people out, uh, but they have their star players in their primes, and they're playing together, and they have the pieces and the, in my opinion, the front office around them to actually know what's going on basketball wise. Not people who are just gonna just cater to the, to their star players' egos and just feed that. Um, Again, I I don't see it. I see I see I see this being a situation for the the Nets like it would be for the Rockets in general for James Harden. Like they get all the stuff, they get all the, the prizes and the little awards that they want, the little praise from the media, and the media will talk all that shit about how they look good. And the media is going to the media likes those guys, uh, but in reality, they can't win the big one. I, I think Kevin Durant really truly won his title and he won his MVP because he was with the Warriors. He would have never won that title if he stayed in OKC. He would have never been a conference, far sorry, a finals MVP. The Warriors made that man good. I said it. I said it. I said it. And I'm not a Warriors fan, but I know for a fact that they made him good. You can say what you want. Yeah, Steph probably deserved a, a, a finals MVP, but because Kevin Durant is is... The media sucks up to him. That's what you get. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm saying it. I'm letting it all hang out. I am not buying it. I will say it right here and today. I, do not be surprised if they flame out within six games to somebody to a team that's very cohesive and very well put together and has a better coach, a more experienced coach. Do not be surprised. I'm not buying this team. Sorry, guys. I don't like their egos. And honestly, I don't like how they play in championship basketball uh, with the exception of KD. Uh, to be fully convinced, and I and I do not think those egos they work now, because nobody's really there. It was all it was all fun and games, and it was like, yeah, man, yeah, let's talk on Zoom and talk about what we gonna do. And then here you are, two three games behind in the Eastern Conference, ah, or or you're two games behind in the, in, in a conference championship series or in the second round playoffs. Tell me, what's gonna happen then? Tell me what happens when this team faces di- some some adversity. When they're actually having to play and show up every day, when they're obligated to do something, yeah, then I'll then I'll take them seriously. Moving on, we got some news coming out of Boston. The Celtics, uh, they had their third straight game uh, canceled on Wednesday due to some COVID issues. Uh, you got eight players. Um, well, they were sorry. They failed to get eight players to suit up. Now, five games have been told like in total this season have been pulled. Actually, no. Sorry, more than that. I almost want to say up to 9 and 10 because there was a few last night that got postponed as well. But for the Celtics, up to seven players have tested positive, uh, including Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and also Tristan Thompson. Uh, The Heat, Sixers, Mavericks, and the Bulls have at least four players out due to COVID as well. So, guys, it's serious. Um, it's real. I'm not saying it's killing everybody. Of course, everybody might be going to say, well, it's not killing nobody. It's not. But people are getting, you know, testing positive. And it's making certain people sick, and, uh, and for what it's worth, it's still putting a hamper on what people might want to do. So let it go, y'all. It's real. Uh, keep your immune system up, and 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 uh, go about your business. I'm not saying you need to, you know, cry and 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 be scary about it, be paranoid about it, but just just know that it's out there. All right, y'all. Um, moving on. Like I said. Uh, we do have some scores from last night to go over. Uh, first one being the Sixers getting a blowout win over the Heat, one twenty-five to one hundred eight. The Sixers moved to nine and four. Uh, f- uh, sorry, the Heat are now four and six for the Heat. They were led by Duncan Robinson. The second-year guard would have twenty-two points. Uh, Gabe Vincent would have twenty-one points, eight assists, and two assists. And uh, sorry, yes, eight assists and two rebounds. Excuse me. And Tyler Hero would have seventeen points, six rebounds, and uh, three assists. For the Sixers, guard Shake Milton would have. 31 points and 7 assists. 
Tobias Harris would have 18 points, four rebounds, and two assists. And guard Tyrese Maxey would have 15 points. Moving on, uh, we got some more Eastern Conference matchups. We have uh, the Hornets uh, taking the three-point loss to the Raptors last night, 108 to 111. Uh, the Raptors are now three and eight. The, uh, the sorry, the Hornets are six and seven. Uh, for the Hornets, they were led by Terry Rozier. He, he would go. He would have 22 points for five for five assists and three rebounds. PJ Robinson, PJ Washington, excuse me, uh, would have 20 points and 11 rebounds. And uh, sorry. Ford slash guard uh, Devontae Graham would have 15 points, four rebounds, and also four assists. For the Raptors, for Chris Boucher would have 25 points, 10 rebounds, and two assists. Fred Van Fleet would have 17 points, eight rebounds, and also Kyle Lowry would have 16 points, 12 assists, and six rebounds. Uh, for the Hornets, they would shoot better uh, from the field and from three. They shot from 48% from, from the field goal uh, compared to just 45% from Toronto. They would also shoot slightly better than Toronto from three as well. Like I said, 42% compared to just 40 uh, the Raptors, uh, they just seem to just kind of, oh, they also outscored the Raptors in the, in the fourth quarter too, 22 to tw uh, 12. Uh, it just looked like for the Hornets, they kind of struggled just getting it together for the first three quarters. They tried to get it, uh, together in the last one and it just was a little bit, you know, too late. Of course it happens. Uh, but for LaMelo, he's, uh, continuously, uh, in my opinion, these are positive numbers for me. Uh, 14 points, 11 rebounds, anything, you know, anything double digits. I mean, it's really good for a rookie. Um, especially with how much they've liked to talk about him and they've compared him probably to his brother and all that. And of course he has another brother that hasn't made it, uh, necessarily so far yet. Um, but Decent numbers for Lamelo, excuse me, and for the Raptors, uh, they would force uh, 15 steals and 17 turnovers. That is pr pretty much what kept them in the game. Uh, too many turnovers from the Hornets uh, led to second chance opportunities for the Raptors, and that's just kind of how it it the, the cookie crumbles in that position. Uh, moving on, uh, we got some West Coast Conference matchups. Uh, sorry, some West Con Western Conference matchups. Uh, we got the Rockets taking out the Spurs, 109 to 105. For the Rockets, they were led by Christian Wood at the center spot. He would have 27 points and 15 rebounds. Sterling Brown, uh, the backup guard, would have 23 points, seven rebounds, and also three assists. For the Spurs, uh, Keldon Johnson would lead the way with 29 points, six uh, six rebounds, and two assists. And guard Lonnie Walker would have 16 points, three rebounds, and also two assists. Uh, for the for the Warriors. Uh, we got, uh, they took another L, uh, this time to the Nuggets, uh, 104 to 114. Both teams are six and six for the Warriors. Uh, Steph, uh, had 35 points, 11 rebounds, and four assists. Uh, James Wiseman, the rookie, would have 18 points, five rebounds, and two assists. And Andrew Wiggins would have 16 points, uh, for himself, also three assists and three rebounds. Uh, for the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic would lead the way, 23 points from him, uh, 14 rebounds and 10 assists. And Jamal Murray and Will Barton would have 17 points points each also for jamal he would have nine rebounds and six assists and will barton would have four rebounds and three assists to his totals for the warriors they're still struggling from three 11 to 29 just 37 percent which is really different i mean their shooting percentage seems to be okay it seems to be stabilizing but that three-point percentage this is i mean in my opinion that's who their identity was uh they're getting their wins but i think without that extra three-point you know uh supremacy uh it makes them a lot more human that's why you have a six and six record here they really still you can say what you want about this team they would still be benefiting from a lot from what clay could do um they were also outscored in the paint 54 to 40 uh they also gave up 19 turnovers as well so not a not a great game from them in terms of taking care of the ball uh but i guess they're still trying to find their way and finally, we have some. Uh, we have an Eastern Conference team matching up against a Western Conference team last night. The the uh, sorry, the Pacers get it done against my Blazers. One eleven to eighty seven was the final score. Uh, for the Pacers, they moved to eight and four. The Blazers are now seven and five. For the Pacers, Malcolm Brogdon will lead the way in scoring with twenty five points, seven assists, and also five rebounds. Demontis Sabonis would have twenty three points, fifteen rebounds, and five assists. And Doug McDermott would have sixteen points, three assists, and three rebounds. For the uh, Blazers, they were led by, of course, Damon C.J. Uh, both would have 22 points each. Uh, for Dame, he would have four assists and six rebounds, and CJ would have four assists and uh, sorry, uh, Dame would have six rebounds and uh, CJ would have three rebounds of his own. And one of my biggest takeaways from this game was that I had some real serious concerns with Robert Covington. Just three points, terrible shooting from him. Just one assist and run rebound again. And we got we had to trade for him. We had to trade two first round picks for him. I don't like it. The Blazers were outscored 27-16 in the fourth quarter. Uh, they only scored 10 points in the second. 
that's not good. We again, we're gonna need a lot more scoring uh, coming out of uh, everybody else, and not just Dame and CJ. Dame and CJ is not gonna get it done every night. That's why you gotta. That's why you only put up 87 total points, guys. Um, yeah, I did not like the Robert Covington pick. I'm not liking it. That's me. All right, y'all. Uh, we are gonna get into some college basketball real quick. Uh, let's start off with the top 25. And uh, breaking in the new rankings for this week, uh, we had uh, Connecticut make their first appearance. 71 is their current record. They've won four games in a row. They're currently third in the Big East with a 4-1 conference record. Uh, they are averaging uh, 61 points. Well, they're giving up 61 points a game, uh, which is good enough for almost the top 25. They're 26 in the nation, so a pretty decent defense. Uh, they have a defensive rating of uh, 91.3. And they get about eight, sorry, five blocks per game, which is good enough for 18th in the nation. So a pretty good defensive team. Uh, I can pretty much see why they're here in the top 25. No real top 20, no real games against the top 25 yet. Actually, I think they are zero and one versus the top 25. So they do have a loss here as well. But so far, they're riding a four-game winning streak, and they're currently actually second in their conference. Uh, so look out for Connecticut. They may make some moves uh, going into. Going into next week, I believe they do have a game tomorrow. Uh, moving to number 24, we have St. Louis, another new team on the block. They are 7-1 and one as well. Uh, they have two Power 5 wins, many teams uh, in the major conferences. Uh, of course, they're, they're in the Atlantic 10, I believe. So a very small conference. Uh, you know, not as well-known schools here, but they have a win over LSU, 85 to 81. They also have an 80 to 69 win over North Carolina State, and this is their first appearance in the top 25 since 2013. They are ninth in the nation, 19th in the nation in scoring, uh, just getting about 83 points a game, almost 84. And they are led by senior guard Javante Perkins, who gets about eight, uh, 17 points a game on 53% shooting, over 53% shooting, and also 54% from three. Moving on to number 23, we have Minnesota, who is 10 and four. At number 22, we have Oregon, who is 9-2. At number 21, we have Ohio State, who is 10-3. At number 20, we have Virginia Tech, who is 10-2. At 19, we have sorry, we have Duke at 5-3. At number 18, we have Virginia, who is 8-2. And, and at number 17, we have Missouri, who is 7-2. Uh, moving on, uh, we have uh, Louisville at number 16. They are 9-1. Texas Tech is right behind, well, right above them uh, at 11 and 3 at number 15. At number 14, we have Illinois at 9 and 4. 13 is West Virginia, 9 and 4 as well. At number 12, we have Clemson. They are pretty, well, they are a football powerhouse. This year, they seem to be a good basketball team, too, at 9 and 1. At number 11, we have Houston at 10 and 1. Now we have made it to the top 10, where we have Tennessee at the bottom end of this. 9 and 1 is their current record uh, coming out of the SEC. At number 9, we have Wisconsin, a Big Ten standout here at 10 and 3. At number 8, we have Creighton representing the Big Ten, sorry, the Big East, excuse me, at 10 and 2. Uh, Michigan, uh, one of the few. Few remaining undefeated teams here. Yes, uh, one of three at 11 and 0. At number six we have Kansas at 10 and 3. At number five we have Iowa at 11 and 2. At number four we have Texas at 10 and 2. At number three we have Villanova at 8 and 1. At uh, number two we have another undefeated team, like I said, Baylor, uh, two or three. And finally we have the last of the undefeated, of course, number one. Uh, 13 and 0 Gonzaga. The last game was last night. It's a 95 to 70 win over Pepperdine. Pretty easy for them. Uh, they were led in that game by Corey Kispert. The four would have 23 points and eight rebounds. Four, Drew Timmy would have 20 points and seven rebounds along with four assists. Guard Joel Ayai would have uh, 19 points, six rebounds, and two assists. And guard Jalen Suggs would have 18 points, three assists, and three rebounds. So, again, they're operating, it seems, offensively on all cylinders. Uh, they had four players with double-digit points above 15. So, again, you can't – that's – that's good. Uh, again, you can't you can't say too much about that. They're on a 17 game winning streak dating back to last year, um, and uh, they average 96 points a game, which is first in the nation. They're also first in field goal percentage at 54.7. They also fifth in uh, three point percentage, and they're also first in offensive rebounds and second in assists. They get about 20 uh, 21 assists per game. So again. All that makes the number one team in the nation. As far as some takeaways from this week's rankings, uh, nothing too much different than what we've been seeing other than the, the bottom two teams with Connecticut and St. Louis. As far as the top three are concerned, um, these are all teams that have been pretty much were pretty much in the mixture last year before COVID hit. Um, we also had, well, it would, it, I think last year was Kansas, 
I think the last rankings were probably Gonzaga, Kansas, and Baylor in that order. Possibly, I'm a little bit off. I think with that exact order, but not so much different. I mean, even in the top five, uh, you had Iowa in the mix. Luca Garza has been a been a factor for the Hawkeyes there, at least for the past couple of seasons. Michigan again with their new head coach. I think Jawan's Howard's in his second year technically. So again, you know. A lot of these teams are just going to be in the mix. It's just how you know certain you know certain programs are. Uh, that's good. And this is how you really you know if, if you're looking at college football or college basketball, you really want to look at you know the who's who. If you don't know, um, and you're just kind of just you know starting out. Hey, if you're a casual, uh, take a look at the top 25. The teams that you see here weekly. Uh, those are teams that are, you know, normally you're going to see them all year long. Teams that you see in the top 25 yearly, you know, for the course of the year, you know, they might go up and go down. But if you see them in the top 25, usually almost every year, that's a pretty much a good program. Uh, they've been to, you know, NCAA tournaments. They might have won some. They might have lost some. But if you're looking for, you know, decent quality, they're going to be in this top 25. And not too much different uh, than, it, than, it, than it has been in the past couple of weeks. No real upsets to speak of just yet. But tomorrow's a Saturday, a big old Saturday, a large, uh, well, a day full of games um and when game we have a saturday like that a big time saturday with 10 or more games something's bound to happen uh i will definitely be covering the the rankings for you uh as ne next week arrives because saturday should be a big game you a big day you should see a couple i would say a couple upsets i, I i'm not gonna say which ones just yet but uh, we're going to definitely be talking about them when they happen. All right, y'all. I'm going to take one last quick break. And when I get back, I'll be breaking down the NFL. Uh, not so much to go over there. Just a couple news stories to go over. Um, yeah, I'll be right back, y'all. wrap this all up uh we're gonna talk some nfl tough stuff for a little bit and a brief update on the uh rams packers matchup uh aaron donald's aaron donald's status um is actually okay he's been set to play so look out for that um as far as who their starting quarterback is uh i don't have anything on that, but it looks as though Cooper Cup should be questionable, so he may or may not play. Um, just kind of looking over the report now. Yeah, nothing really saying anything about golf. Um, and well, uh, John Walford is is out. Uh, so, um. It well, I well, I it looks as though Jared Goff should be playing. Although there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no status about his health to say that he's you know healed. But it looks like because of out of the because because of default because you know Walford ain't available. It looks like you'll see Goff on the center. So Aaron Donald is playing. Uh, Cooper Cup is still questionable. He may or may not play. And uh, John Walford is out, so it looks like you'll, my Rams fans, it looks like you'll have your boy, Jared Goff, to worry about. Uh, but let's talk about uh, De uh, Philly, who almost said Detroit, another team with issues. But today we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, we already know about Doug Peterson. They sent him his walking papers a while, a couple of days ago. And um, I guess the questioning is behind it, why? Or was it the right decision? Well, if you ask me, I think it was a cop-out by the Eagles organization. Um, I think they were in a situation uh, where, you know, they make the calls here. Um, of course, Doug Peterson has to coach these guys up. Uh, but it seems to me as the general manager, Howie Roseman, has a lot of the player, uh, final player personnel decisions. Um, in that situation, it's not a situation where, you know, you know, Bill O'Brien, where he's a coach and a GM. And sometimes coaches do have the input on who 
the roster, you know, certain roster decisions. It looks as though Doug Peterson never had that, in my opinion. So to me, it seems like a situation where, you know, the Eagles kind of copped out. They saw a situation where uh, Carson Wentz, uh, he was the best pick available when they got him. Uh, but through their course of them having him, uh, for some reason, you know, again, especially this season, again, it wasn't it wasn't his best uh, look for him. He didn't look his best. But instead of kind of, you know, giving him the support and understanding, again, that this team has a lot more holes than just quarterback. Uh, again, um, I think there's some deficiencies uh, with Carson Wentz, but also with Jalen Hurts. And with that being said, without a, a proper a proper offensive line, none of those guys are going to look good. And that's what happened. Uh, Philly decided uh, that instead of addressing some of the other needs that they could have, they could have really gotten into like receiver truly uh they could have looked into probably attaining some services from a running back who it could have been we don't know uh but they definitely could have had a better running game they could have definitely had a better receiving core for whoever was under center that is the problem uh philly you know they kind of just sat back and said look we're not really a fan of uh of carson wentz we've seen all we can see although I think his time has been really, his sample size has been relatively limited. I don't know how you could really look at Carson Wentz and go, mm, you know what, he's hasn't really been healthy his entire time. And uh, the time that he has been healthy, the window in time he has been healthy, you know, it hasn't been a lot. But I, I mean, I can see because there's so many millions of dollars. So I can see a team wanting to make a move, right, eventually. But with that being said, that. Again, I think there were just so many issues that you could have addressed before you went and even drafted Jalen Hurts. Um, you could have addressed that old line. You have Justin Jason Peters there, who's what 35, 36 years old. He only has so much longer. Jason Kelsey, we've heard about him getting up at age one to retire. Uh, you've had some injuries along that offensive line front. Those are all things that are going to affect quarterback play. And so, for you guys to kind of just kick him to the side and say, well. Let's let's put in Jalen Hurts, and then when you have in Jalen Hurts, now because the question, my question is, who's real? Whose call was it really to put in Nate Sudfeld? Um, because if you asked Doug Peterson, he's he's telling you, well, um, we were in a position where we wanted to see what Nate Sudfeld had to offer. Why? If you already drafted, you know, so, I mean, my question is, why would you ever play Nate Sudfield when you drafted a quarterback in the first round already or in the, whenever they drafted Hurts, you know, uh, Hurts? Uh, the point, I mean, the point of him of him drafting being, you know, the point of him being drafted when he was, was to be a replacement for um, Carson Wentz. It's fair to assume that. So why, why, would we, why would we still be not convinced about who he is? Or, or I guess, I guess seeing him under center has convinced people um, in the Philadelphia front office that he may not be the guy, or maybe it was Doug Peterson. I don't know. It was. It's a lot of confusion there. Um, you know about. I, I just don't know how to feel about this one. Um, I, I think you know Doug Peterson did the best he really could for this team. Um, I just don't think they gave him the best uh, roster or the personnel to really manage that. Um, was was there things that he could have did? Not not if not if Carson Wentz is going to get banged up the first play in the playoffs last year. There's not too much you can do around that. Um, and I could see them drafting another quarterback behind him uh, to kind of groom him just in case something were to happen like this season. But with all the with all the hot trash you had around the team this year i, I mean it's hard to just you know pinpoint that on him and uh and his development on the head coach and uh that's what that's what happened uh Doug Peterson was responsible for his development and it looks as though he didn't pan out and i guess they let him go i, I <laughs> that one's a little bit confusing for me i i don't know um i would have given him a, another year or two just to kind of see what he can do um it wasn't like they were that far out of their division, <laughs> despite the mat, despite their record. But that's just me. All right, y'all. Let's talk some more NFL news. Um, the Raiders, they are looking. Well, they have hired a new defensive coordinator. They're bringing in Gus Bradley to replace Paul Gunther. 
He's also uh, for Gus Bradley. He is a former head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was also uh, serving as uh, L the L.A. Chargers defensive coordinator. Now, this season, the Chargers will finish 10th in overall defense, 9th against the run, and 18th. Sorry, ninth against the pass and also 18th against the run. Um, and they also got 19 total takeaways. The Raider defense, on the flip side, has finished 25th overall, 26th against the pass, and 21st, 24th versus the run. Um, do I believe that this is an upgrade? I can tell you yes in the short answer. I Honestly, though, I would have liked Will Wade Phillips. I just feel... I'm. I'm Take it, I don't know, take it how you will, but I, I would prefer somebody who actually has clamored to be here, who's made it known. Uh, in my opinion, that type of person would already kind of have ideas of what he would want to do. Uh, he would already have a plan that he would want to put in place. He might he might even have it already in place on what he would want to do for a team like this. So I, I think you, you, you missed out on somebody who really had things up and running and ready to go. Um, at least the gusto ready to go for this team. I think the concern might have been the age, but then that's why you put younger, you know, position coaches around him. So just in case he does take off in about a two year period, because that's what I would, I honestly would give him three years. I say, you're, you know, I will look at it and say, yes, you're really in tune to this team. You want to be a part of this team. Where's a three year contract? Uh, I'll put a, I'll put some younger qualified positional coaches around you and I'll let you build them up as well. And when you decide that it's your time to, 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 to go because again he would only I mean how much more would he I mean of course he wants to be with the Raiders but realistically how much longer would, would he really want to give you anyways I don't expect even if he wanted to be the Raiders D coordinator I wouldn't see him doing it 15 20 years it'd be about three five maybe three five years max get us to maybe a, a round before the Super Bowl and say hey you know I've gotten this defense to a certain point let me walk away maybe retire from football because of his age there's some young talented coordinators around me and position coaches around me they can tell they can kind of take my spot and I think that's what he should that's what the Raiders kind of did should have done in my opinion um Gus Bradley is fine um the numbers the stats don't lie um, it seems that he's likely to still play in that four-three base defense uh, that they that we've been uh, having, along with some other multiple front packages, um, consisting of maybe even some possible cover three because that's what he was doing, I believe, in uh, L.A. and also subsequently uh, Jacksonville. So you have some different. You'll have some different. You know. Um, you'll have some. Oh, sorry, what's the word here? So you'll have some different wrinkles in that defense. Um, the biggest thing is, um, again, and he wants to emphasize on the defensive line. I don't think that's the biggest issue with our defense, though. So it's like I, I, uh, like I don't even feel like he gets the biggest picture. Like I'm already hearing right now, like he wants to bring in some type of big time defensive lineman. It's like I, I like who we have on the defensive line. I actually like our linebackers to an extent. I like Littleton and, and I like Kiewitowski. Um, Do we need some maybe some depth behind those guys? Those guys, yes. Uh, but defensive line wise, uh, Clean Farrell is a good rotational piece. I'm not saying he's number one starter. I will never say he's JJ Watt or TJ Watt unless he you know has a ten sack year, which I don't expect. But he's gonna be within. He's gonna be a solid rotation player. Um, Carl Nassib, same thing. We saw him effective in a lot of different games last year i think one of the games that i saw him stick out of uh stick out in was that miami game just two or three good sacks getting the quarterback's face max crosby same thing um arden key despite the dumbass play he made um is a very decent pass rusher who can get in the backfield um would we would, would we be better necessarily if we just added a star lineman star defensive lineman when we have even bigger holes on the the secondary? No, I'm gonna be honest with you right now. I I would I'd rather us put that talent in the back end. I think we're solid there. I think if we got a if we got a solid veteran that we wouldn't have to break the bank for, then I'd be cool with that. To add to our rotation on the D line, I'd be cool with that. But I'm thinking honestly with you. I'm saying specifically cornerback. That is our biggest need in terms of personnel. I like our safeties per se. Again, it's not like we don't have we we couldn't you know do well without some depth. But you have Lamarcus Joyner back there. You have a really great hitter um, in 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 Jonathan Abrams, 
who I think is going to improve with his coverage, but he's a great hitter. And then you also have Jeff Heath, who is the best coverage safety we do got, who led, I believe, our whole entire secondary uh, with interceptions with three. So, again, you're going to need – you need secondary. I, I think we have a decent enough off a defensive line. We have a good enough linebacker core, but we need defensive backs. Uh, our safeties are okay, but we need defensive backs. And offensively, uh, we're not going to get to that just right away because, again, we're talking about the defensive coordinator. But I, I would say you, if, if you if you were to get a big-time name, I would get a, wide, a big name wide receiver, possibly. But a big name defensive line when you have when you have the talent there, when you have the depth there, I don't I don't know if you need a a, a million dollar name there. I think you need somebody who's who or you know what I mean by that. You know, um, you need somebody who's gonna who's gonna start possibly who's gonna put up some who's gonna produce of course. But I don't think you need somebody who's who's an all world defensive lineman for this for this for this situation. You need a. I will tell you this. I will flip that and say, I will say, do what you can to get one of the to get the greatest defensive backs available. Yeah, I will say that. But defensive line, I wouldn't say that's our biggest need. Uh, but as far as a pickup, uh, Gus Bradley, the numbers do not lie. Uh, you know his defense in San, his defenses in San Diego are better than ours. Uh, but I just personally, in my personal opinion, I would have went with somebody who actually really, really made it known that they wanted to be here. And I'm not afraid of age. That yeah, I, I honestly think age was a factor into why uh, Wade Phillips wasn't hired. And I kind of don't like that. That's just my opinion. All right, y'all. Um, I ran through all what I wanted to get through today. As far as my next episode on the podcast is concerned, of course, I'll be breaking down some college basketball tomorrow. It's going to be a very big day, a lot of games to go over. Um, if I'm able to get to some NFL action tomorrow, I will break down the tomorrow. I will break down the divisional matchups again. If I'm not here till Sunday, then you'll hear about the results. And um, yeah, that's about it. Oh, one more story I wanted to break down in NFL. Uh, just a brief one right now, uh, and it's in Miami. And it looks like uh, despite their second winning season in 12 years and despite them just barely missing the playoffs, it looks like there is this, some dissension amongst the quarterback to attack of Iloa. Uh Many players are expressing their concerns about his future and overall his, just, uh, his abilities. And uh, many of the players are kind of convinced that Ryan Fitzpatrick was the man for the job. I'm going to tell you all like this. He's young, and he's raw. People said all these things coming up. I said these these things about him coming out of Alabama. Um, I'm not surprised by his growing pains. Um, I definitely like to. I can't remember the the lineman's name, but one of his teammates, you know, spoke to him on the sideline and kind of just told him to keep his head up. I think there's definitely people that understand and are really really willing to you know stand by him. I'm sorry. For what it's worth, I I know people might like Ryan Fitzpatrick. They might like his personality, including his teammates. And I think he definitely rubs the vets the right way. Uh, but he don't win you games that much either. And he's prone to throwing in way more interceptions than Tua has shown you. So say what you want, guys. But uh, I think Tua is the man. He's just going to get better. Ryan, he had his chance. He had his chance for many years in many different circumstances. And he... He's had his success and he's had his moments, but he's had he's 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 given us enough to show us that he's just not the man to take anybody to a Super Bowl, y'all. So on that note, I'm finally gonna call it a wrap, guys. Uh, if you are looking to get in touch with me, follow me on Instagram at lj uh, lj sorry <laughs> ljamal791 at gmail of. Uh, not even at Gmail, just Jamal 791 on the Instagram. E-L-J-A-M-A-H-791. E-L-J-A-M-A-H-791. Jamal 791 Please do a brother a favor and give me a follow. Uh, check out the YouTube channel as well, Never Out of Bounds. I do have a new video, a, a new release on there, a special report about the NFL rankings, or, sorry, NFL ratings. I also have some reviews there, movie reviews. I'm talking sports. I'm talking politics. Whatever you want, I got it on there. Give me some, give me some love. Uh, also follow the Facebook page as well. Uh, Never out of bounds. Same name as the show. You already know what time it is. All right, y'all. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love, and I'll holla at all you guys later.